And we welcome you to the Tuesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. I'm uh, pleased that we can begin today's program with Carla Nevacosi, who is Deputy Director of the Walworth County Department of Health and Human Services. And uh, we had a conversation uh, with Carla Nevacosi maybe just over a month ago, talking to him and also to his counterparts in uh, Racine County about COVID. And uh, today we're going to be getting an update from him as a concern continues to mount about rising COVID numbers uh, all over the state of Wisconsin and indeed in many parts across the country. And uh, so we're going to try to take apart some of those numbers and just see uh, where the uh, primary areas of concern are uh, at this moment in time as we near the end of September. Carla Nevacosi, we welcome you back to the morning show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you making time in your busy schedule. I know that your time is limited this morning, but I'm glad we can have this uh, conversation. First of all, um, your your website that is for the Walworth County Department of Health and Human Services, uh, I can tell, is meticulously kept up to date. And one of the things I appreciate about your website is that you have kind of a color coding that at a glance gives us a sense of of what the current situation is in terms of of severity. Explain to our listeners about that. Sure. Uh, well, these we call these are our, our, our key indicators, and um, really, it's not a not necessarily a measure of how how dangerous the virus is, but how our resources are holding out uh, as it as it relates to to the pandemic. So we've got uh, you know we've got a, a public health indicator where where we look at our ability. Um, to follow up promptly to positive test results and do our contact tracing. Um, so in, in, in spite of it all, in spite of the, the cases, which admittedly look bad, um, our public health resources are holding out. We're, we're very well uh, equipped still at this point to, to notify people promptly um, when, when they have a positive test result. The next uh, key indicators are, are related to our hospital capacity. Um, so we're, we're looking at ventilator capacity. Uh, we've got a threshold for bed capacity and whether or not hospitals uh, have enough PPE for their staff, and so those those first three key indicators are our are, are public health indicators, and our two hospital-related indicators are are green. It means we're we're good. Um, we move into into the, the last epidemiology, um, and you know, looking today, <laughs> we're we're yellow. Um, we've been in the red uh, for the past couple of weeks. Um, I, I don't think we've been green in this indicator since, uh, well, much, much earlier in the pandemic. So this is related to, to, to really the, the county's positivity rate. Um, the state has established a threshold of, oh, you want to shoot for a 5% positivity. I think we're at 17% right now. Hmm. Um, so we're not going to get the green that way. Um, and then the other half of that is looking at, at, at the trend. You know, are we are we trending up, down, or is it flat? Um, so for this particular reporting period, um, we, we trended down slightly, which got us into the yellow um, Although I don't, you know, when your positivity rate is is 17% and, and the state says shoot for five, I, I you know, the, the difference between us being red and, and yellow and that key indicator really, really don't have much impact on our decision making. We know that our positivity rate is high and, and it's spreading. Uh, so yeah, we we offered this just as a, a quick snapshot. We we update it every week. Um, it, it's really for anyone that visits our website to just get a quick look at how we're doing, what are the areas of concern, what's changed since the last the last week's reporting period. Right. In terms of that positivity number, that percentile, so is that as simple a matter as it sounds in terms of number of 
COVID tests versus how many of those tests come back positive? And what does that percentage, whatever it is, tell us? I mean, what is sure. the value of that information? Um, I, I, to, to be to be honest, I, I don't think it, it's it's all that valuable. It tells just a just a, a tiny piece of the of the COVID story. Um, you know, earlier on, we we had a much lower positivity rate, and we were testing fewer people. Um, you know, now though, as as we test more and more, you know, theoretically, if, if asymptomatic people are are getting tested and testing negative, that should drive the number down. But there's been a shift that that really we're only testing some of our bigger health systems are only testing people that are symptomatic. Uh, and if you're only testing people that are symptomatic, your positivity rate is, is necessarily going to be higher. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get to 5% if that's what the state has set as a benchmark, if, if really we're focusing our testing resources on people that are symptomatic. I think the positivity rate would have a lot more value if we were doing some sort of, you know, universal testing, um, which I, I don't think anybody has the capacity to do that, where, where people were being tested weekly, for example. And so you're taking a, a, a sample of people that are asymptomatic, people that are symptomatic, and really getting a handle on how pervasive the virus is in, in the community. With the way that, that, that testing is administered now, I, I, the value of positivity rate is relatively low. I will say what's happening on the University of Whitewater campus, where they're doing more random testing, um, gives us a better handle of, I think that's the kind of positivity rate if you just looked at what it is on, on, a, on a college campus, for example, um, kind of a smaller, closed community. You'd have a, maybe a more meaningful data point. Hmm. We're speaking with Carlo Nevacosi, Deputy Director of the Walworth County Department of Health and Human Services. I wanted to ask you about the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and I think uh, a lot of people are assuming that uh, some of these alarming numbers that we're seeing from Walworth County uh, stem at least in large measure from that large university and uh, the behavior of, of, of at least many of the students there. What can you tell us about the situation at uh, UW-Whitewater uh, at the moment and what we've seen over the last several weeks? Sure. I think your assumptions are correct. If, if you look what really what's driving Walworth County's spike in cases, um, it, it is largely attributable to the university being back, students being back on campus. Um, the university is, has some nice plans in place. Uh, they've done a nice job in the classroom, and I think they're doing a nice job on campus um, in, in the dorms. They've, they've got isolation dorms set up that, that really are, are, are not at capacity yet either. They're doing a good job testing. Uh, what we're seeing is, is off campus. I mean, there's the, the university, I think their ability to control students' behavior really uh, only only extends to the kind of the boundaries of, of campus. Um, and there are lots and lots of students who live off campus. And, and really, th- this is a group that's that's testing positive. They're, they're interacting with each other. They're going out. Uh, most of these folks, most of these students are going to be okay. They're going to recover. Um, but it, it, it makes the numbers look really scary for the rest of the Whitewater community when they're trying to make decisions about whether or not to put uh, you know elementary school kids back face-to-face. Um, but the numbers look so, look so high, uh, even though it's mostly contained uh, to, to the university students, so largely attributable to the university. The university is doing the best they can, and I, I, it's a it's a tough hill to climb. Right. What is the threat in terms of the virus spreading to those who are not students? I mean, to people with whom students interact in a you know in a store or a bar or a restaurant or wherever. I mean, is that a significant public health threat? Um, if we're talking about a grocery store, I, I think largely not. Um, the, the vast majority of the transmission we're seeing is, is household members. 
um, and, and people that are very close contacts. Uh, so the, the incidental contact that that a, you know someone, for example, that lives in Whitewater might have at the grocery store with a with a UW Whitewater student is relatively low risk. Um, what, what we see though is is household members, students that are living together, passing it to each other. Um, that's that's really the highest risk. So generally speaking, for the for the rest of the Whitewater population, if they're staying out of the college bars uh, and and keeping their distance, not living with, with students that are that are going out and, and interacting with other students, um, the risk is relatively low. So what would be the most recent raw numbers for Walworth County? And then are you able to tell us uh, what sort of percentage of those raw numbers involve UW-Whitewater students? Oh, I, I don't. I have the numbers. I'm not sure if I could crunch the math that quickly for you. Um, Whitewater keeps a, a, a really nice dashboard um, of all of their students' Um, that that have tested positive. So I'm going to try to click around here. I think we have today, um, we're looking at a, roughly 80 active cases in Walworth County. Um, let's see what, uh, oh, I just found it, what UW-Whitewater says for, uh, looks like um, over 50% of those are directly related to um, the UW-Whitewater. I noticed uh, on your, uh, the, the, the county website that currently there are five cases hospitalized, I mean, five people currently hospitalized with COVID, uh, 78 cases isolated at home. Is that roughly, in terms of percentage and proportion, what we have seen through most of this pandemic? Um, Since the summer. Again, I think the first few months uh, when we were just learning about this and and testing wasn't wasn't as widespread. Uh, We were quite a bit quite a bit lower. That doesn't necessarily mean people weren't out there and sick. We just hadn't identified them. we're, we're able to, to, to do a better job knowing who's out there. So I, I think, yes, I, our hospital number it did hit, um, I believe, at one point last week, we had eight in the hospital at once, which was the highest we've been. Uh, we usually hover around that three to three to five, I think, is really where we land most of the time. So I was happy to, to, to see today we're at five. Um, our hospital capacity between the two large hospitals is, is around 30 ICU beds. So in terms of our, our health system's capacity to handle this, we're, we're doing okay. But but the numbers have ticked up slowly over over you know throughout the summer and, and now fall. Um, not uh, again looking today, not alarmingly. So we had a spike uh, earlier on, um, shortly after the UW students came on, and it seems that maybe that has that flattened a little bit in the in the past week or so. Hmm. I don't remember if I posed this question to you in our last conversation or not, but I think one of the questions that people would have is uh, with this spike in in cases, not just in Walworth County, but all over the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Do we have a sense yet that this is mostly occurring with people who are disregarding concerns and disregarding uh, instructions on how to (laughs) behave uh, during COVID-19? Or or are are a significant number of these uh, positive cases from people who are trying to be careful and nevertheless contracting the virus. Is it possible to make even a rough determination or estimate about that? Uh, I, I think I, I'll do my best to. And I, I alluded to it a, a couple of minutes ago about where, where really the highest risk of transmission is, is happening, and that is that's household members and people that are very close contacts. So 
kind of back to the old story about who's who's most at risk. Um, in the earlier days of, of the pandemic, we had long-term care facilities where you have, you've got workers that are moving between facilities, working very closely with very vulnerable residents. That's still a risk, although I think we're doing much better um, just as a system managing the risks in long-term care in long-term care facilities. So who else lives in a congregate care setting? Well, students. Um, they live closely. They're on top of each other, and 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 they they're they're transmitting to each other. So you know, again, generally speaking, you're not all that likely to get it at the grocery store. It can happen, um, but we're we're seeing it happen with with household members, uh, very close contacts. So I guess the, the short way to answer your your question is we yes, uh, it's it's spreading because people are are choosing not to, neglecting to take. The, the precautions, the same ones we've been talking about uh, this this whole time. Um, <laughs> Ad nauseum, yes, through all of this. Yes, it's um, kind of a broken record with some of these things. Um, and, and many of these these people that are contracting right now are young and healthy and, and very likely to recover. Uh, which I, I think that gives them that sense of invincibility that we, you know, to kind of get it over, just give it to me and let, let me get over with it. Right. What about uh, any houses of worship uh, in Whitewater or, or Fort Atkinson or wherever within Walworth County, uh, are you aware of any instances in which uh, churches or congregations have returned to in-person worship, and and have have you seen any any outbreaks that would cause concern, or or, or, or not so much uh, at least thus far? I, I know of a few. We we haven't had a lot of contact with uh, with with some of our faith-based organizations. Um, I, I I know um, of several cases where there there were cases identified, but none that um, that we would. Uh, really, really view as as um, as outbreaks. Uh, so they've been well managed. I think the more interesting story is uh, how almost all of the the public schools in, in Walworth County have adopted a face to face model, and and they're doing really well. Hmm. Uh, Elkhorn, for example, um, started shortly after the the holiday in September, and and um, uh, they've they've plugged along. They've been able to, with us, identify cases that they've popped up, um, you know, isolate a classroom or two when, when need be, but but really keep the kind of the educational train moving forward. I really want to commend our uh, our, our schools for um, really putting nice plans in place to keep students and their staff safe and, and get kids get kids back in school. Nice to hear some success stories like that. It Alaska- really is, and in mm-hmm. contrast to the university, which, you know, just you're looking at the difference, and it, it's easier to, to change the behavior of a third grader than it is a, a 20-year-old. Right. A last question. Uh, my understanding is the real threat of transmission with COVID-19, uh, COVID-19 is through the air, in, in the air that we breathe, much more so than picking it up from surfaces. And yet, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time cleaning surfaces because it's something that we can readily do and it feels like something that makes a difference. Is that a significant threat of transmission from surfaces, be they tabletops or what we pick off the grocery store shelf or whatever? I mean, and and does that distract us from the more primary threats of COVID transmission that we should really be focusing on? What would be your opinion on that? I think there's I think there's something to that. You know, we know it it, it can live on on surfaces, but the, we're not identifying a significant number of cases where people have picked it up. I guess in the wild, as as I as, as we kind of talk, you know, where you don't know where you got it, you haven't had contact with someone else who's a who's a, a confirmed positive. It it does um, it's important, uh, but I, I I will agree with you. It's not as important as physical distancing and hand hygiene. Um, and staying home when you're sick, those those same three things. And we've added um, wearing a face covering to that that list of key strategies. That's 
Those are those are the biggies. Right. You know? Those are those are the biggies. And in terms of face covering, does it make a big difference what kind of face covering somebody wears? I mean, the general public. No, no, not 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 particularly. A simple cloth cloth face covering that that covers the nose and face. Um, does it, it helps? It's uh, again not not a panacea. It's one of one of a handful of strategies that can help. It's, it doesn't protect the wearer uh, from contracting the virus, but it protects others around them who who um, if if the mask wearer may be symptomatic or maybe symptomatic or maybe sick may not know it. Um, there's some chance that they can transmit, and then the mask can knock down some of those those airborne uh, virus. To, uh, so, again, one, one strategy in, in a number of them right? Uh, to help keep everybody safe. Very good. Carla Nevacosi, Deputy Director of Walworth County Department of Health and Human Services. I know you need to go. I appreciate you making time for this conversation. Thank you so much, and thanks for your good You're work. Welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you.